0: Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Now it's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton. Welcome to the show. Today my guest is Matthew Glaive. You may know him from such movies as The Wedding Singer. He played Glenn Gulia, who I think is one of my favorite, I don't know, villains? I don't know if it's even a villain. But uh, one of my favorite characters. Uh, I love The Wedding Singer. Um, I don't love every Adam Sandler movie. But The Wedding Singer uh, is just one of my favorite comedies. It's really great. He's in Rockstar. He's in Narcos. He neglected to mention that he was in First Man with Ryan Gosling. I'm like, why wouldn't you open with that? That's how, if I find a dollar in my pocket, that's how I open a conversation. I was like, how am I doing? I found a dollar in my pocket, so I'm doing pretty well. But uh, Matt is such a, uh, like a, Low-key, chill, humble guy and not like a fake humble where he's like, I don't want to talk about it. He just really is. He's just like a down – I'd be the opposite. I would be uh, – I'd be talking about it all the time um, if I had actually people to talk about it with. So I guess how would I know? Uh, but uh, Matt uh, was in a movie called Funny Story Then I'm in for a hot second. But he's also in the movie The Thinning, and now The Thinning New World Order is out on YouTube – it's not YouTube – YouTube Unlimited, YouTube Premium, that you can get, I think, the first month or three months for free, or I don't know how it works. But it is a YouTube original, uh, and then it will be on, I think, VOD sometime in the future. Um, I am also in that, so you might want to check that out. And I'm in the trailer. For a second, you can maybe go check out my Instagram, The Jason Horton, if you want to see that trailer. But uh, yeah, Matt is uh, in that. I am in that. i um, friends, uh, Michael and Steve and Jana and another Michael, you know, uh, make and produce these movies, and they are kind enough to uh, put me in them. Basically, because I'm like, you know what? It's 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 more annoying to... to to not put me in them than to put me in them, so uh, that's how I get work. You know that that's how I do it. Uh, but uh, Matt is great, and you've pro- if you've watched a, a television or a movie, you've seen him, and uh, he's a super cool guy. and I was really excited because I was always kind of a big big fan of his, and then to meet him and work with him, it's cool. It's surreal for me. I don't know. I mean, like I'm I'm very easily starstruck and impressed. And he's a cool guy and. Uh, Towards the end, uh, he really kind of gives me a, like a really, I don't know if it's not motivational speech, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, you get a, he gives me a little, uh, I don't know if it's a pep talk, I don't know, I guess, I guess maybe um, kind of there's some subtext of me looking for uh, a little pep talk, and he gave it to me, and you could hear that, you can hear that at the end. You when you're listening to this, uh if you're listening to this when it when it's out, um I will be either in Prague or Copenhagen. I'm not sure. Started in Berlin, then I think it's Copenhagen, then it is Prague, but that's where I am if you want to see pictures of what I'm doing. I don't know if you're one of those people that like to see that stuff or is it annoying? I promise I won't post like five in a row on Instagram, but uh the Jason Horton And then I'll be blogging about it on my travel blog, which is ghosttowntravels.com, which is um, kind of part of the umbrella of the Ghost Town podcast, which you should be also checking out. Why not? Do it. Something else you should do is Care-of. What is Care-of? Great question. Care-of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. I've been taking vitamins my whole life. I think my father really instilled that in me when I was young, and I've just always taken vitamins. Sometimes I just, I'm like, it's a little willy-nilly, but I'll tell you something, Care Of has kind of reignited my passion for vitamins, and they've done it in a way where I'm taking what I need. Uh, They have a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices, and it takes only five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. That, I, I thought the test was f- super fun. I was just like, I, I'll take more of these tests to find out uh, what what I need and what I'm looking to achieve and how Care-of can provide that. Because 90% of people fall short of FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. If you take care of quiz and get the vitamins you need to get back on track and reach... Your health goals. The vitamins get d- uh, delivered directly to your door. I mean, I talk about this all. It's like I don't want to go to a store, and then they people ask me a bunch of questions. What are you looking to do, man? What's going on? And that's their job. That's totally fine. But you know what? I want to. I want the information, and then just deliver it to my door. Pretty much how I do everything else. Any excuse not to leave the house uh, is is good for me. Um, is honesty first. They provide all the research that supports each of their recommendations backed by a scientific advisory board. A portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expected mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. Come on. Right? You're helping yourself, helping somebody else other than yourself. You can track your progress with the Care-of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. Remember to take your vitamins. I'm, that's like part of my dna is remembered to take vitamins your monthly subscription box can easily be modified at any time there's vegan and vegetarian supplement options available to match your dietary needs uh they have delicious nutrient pack quick stick powders which i'm very excited about that can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever you need it it's great i just took the quiz which was super fun Where sometimes I'm like, I don't want to take a quiz. I don't want to do a questionnaire. But this, I was just like, this is really, really, it's intuitive. And it's really interesting. And it's informative. And uh, they hooked it up. They hooked it up. Packed it up. Sent it to me. Really excited. Even more exciting for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Visit TakeCareOf.com and enter FWB in the code. Go to TakeCareOf.com. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. And enter FWB in the code. Takecareof.com. Enter FWB in the code for 25% off your first month. All right, let's get to my conversation with Matthew Glave. You know, we've... Hung out a couple of times. Oh, Business wise, we, 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 re- we, we wrestled. We wrestled. Thumb, full-bodied wrestle. Like, yeah, everything. shirts and skins. Skins versus skins. Which you were like, how about we just do skins versus skins? I was like, how are we going to know which whose teams on what? You're like, it's just skin. It's just it's just skin. Um, but I I remember when you first started working with uh, Michael Gallagher uh, on the the thinning one, <laughs> um, and I was like, oh my, like I was like, please tell me, uh, Matt is a nice guy that's all i wanted. really like you oh, needed to know that it was important yeah because i mean like i just i would, i don't know how people are i was like please tell me he's a cool guy because i really i was like i like that dude and i was like i want to, and mike was like he's great loves wrestling like just loves wrestling strictly guys yep just loves wrestling um and i was like okay that's not the what i wanted to know but uh right. why that was the most important thing uh and then uh we met on the um was it the funny? Story? I guess I never
1: saw you on the thinning because we weren't anywhere around each.
0: other. No, one, I wasn't. But... I, I wasn't in the. I wasn't in the thinning one. Oh, you were in. It was thinning two. It was thinning two. That's right. That's yeah, right. I wasn't because I only being... watched
1: the rough cut of thinning two, and I've I put them yeah together. That's <laughs> right. That's
0: right. Uh, all the thinnings run together. It's a, of, it's a blur. It. But it was a funny story, mm-hmm. filming funny story. Yes. Where yeah. Yes. We met and you know funny stories is a movie that um i don't know if you're familiar with it uh matt um it's a movie that well, you're you know, in well funny story <laughs> yeah funny uh, story I actually had something to do, do with it had something well. to do with it yeah. and uh it's uh, a movie that's going around the the festival circuit um i got cut out of most of the parts that that i was in because i'm not a human being fine no 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 big deal um but uh i feel like that um is your family like hey are you ever coming home because it seems like you're always at a festival <laughs>
1: Uh, no, it's this is this has been really fun flying yeah, it around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, At the, at the festivals. well, you're always at pretty nice places, and uh, and they've been yeah, they've been, they, they've been, it's been really fun seeing how different people organize festivals in their town yeah. and, and get everybody going. Do you have but a favorite was, one? I mean, I don't. Want uh, you to play No, favorites. I don't. I don't because uh, it's every time I go to one, I was like, well, this one, everybody's goes out of their way. It's, it isn't even just the place and the people that run the festival. I'm getting to meet. These other filmmakers, and then I go and I see their film, and then I'm starstruck at like this guy yeah. sitting there watching yeah. his film, yeah. and there I was like I had no idea, because that's what all these films are like. I, had, I wouldn't have thought of that, or you're you're always impressed that, like Michael Gallagher did with Funny Story, I'm impressed with the amount that somebody does with so little in such a short time. Yeah. And then, and film festivals are just people that love film and then they talk film and conversations go deep into the night because it's what you want. It's just, it's really an exciting experience. I don't have one more than I love than another. Yeah. There are some that, that stand out, but it's, they've been different kinds of festivals. There's been a wine and film festival. There's been, the one I came, uh, just came back from was, uh, about 30 miles from where I grew up, was born in Saginaw, Michigan, in Bay City, Michigan, called Hell's Half Mile. And that was like a rock bands and film festival. Totally different. You know, the Closing Night is in a warehouse with bands playing, yeah. which isn't the same It's a little as, more rock and roll. Which isn't the same as Sonoma, where right. we're just doing wine tastings after the... It's just... Totally different energy, but same thing.
0: How did Jana like that? Because I think she's she's more of like but she can she can rock and roll.
1: Jana didn't go. Jana had to work. Yeah, it's convenient. She was at the wine one. Though,
0: she wasn't was she? At the wine yeah, wine. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it made sense. So you're from, you're from Michigan, we were just talking about I'm from Saginaw, Michigan, yeah. Um when you went back there you're like, ooh, look at the look at Mr. Hollywood. Mm-mm. No.
1: No, I moved away when I was really young, so I didn't have a lot of <laughs> friends that were adults. It was mostly friends of my mom's and, okay. and older family yeah. members that remembered me when I was really little, kind of a thing.
0: And where'd you go from Michigan? Where was your next...
1: Uh, Ohio. Okay. We moved to Ohio.
0: It was, it's moved. a very... Sim- I mean, you're in a relatively similar part of the country, but... It's
1: similar part of the country, anybody, but yeah. Michigan, where I grew up, was just outside of anything urban. It was cornfields and sugar beets, and Cleveland was not like that. Cleveland, no, was, Cleveland was much more urban yeah. and... and the sprawl was more, stayed more urban than than it was. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've only I've been to Cleveland once, and I didn't get to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But uh, Cleveland's very pretty. Yeah,
1: it's really really pretty.
0: And when did you uh, when did you did you go from there to Los Angeles? There's excitement going on. In the yeah, there. Uh, the, uh, there's TED Talk is very yeah that TED Talk. I told the you row. they wanted that TED Talk, yeah. and they're not going to stop till they get um, it.
1: No, I. Uh, I graduated high school and then I moved, I moved to Louisiana and I worked in the oil fields, oil rigs, for a little while. I didn't really know what I was going to do. and then I.
0: I you know what? I should have guessed that. That's a cool story. <laughs> that was, but that was a big thing
1: in the uh, 80s. Yeah. Uh, in the 80s, the Midwest was a little bit depressed and yeah. there was all this oil field promising work in Louisiana and Texas. So my brother and I moved down uh, there and that was, it didn't take long for me to realize that that was an extremely hard – they worked very hard yeah. down there. Um, and then after I lived there for a while and did that, I, I came back to Ohio, and and then I went to college in Ohio, and then I moved to Chicago, then New York, then here.
0: What, so I what, what bounced point, around. At what point were you like, I want to, you know, I'm, the the arts is something that I'm interested in uh, in a serious way.
1: Um, well, I wanted to do it when I was a little boy. Uh, I was a big film head. We had a great movie theater down around the corner, Court Street Theater, and and. My brother and I would go to every time the movies changed we would go every weekend or every other weekend or whenever movies were switching out we'd see a new movie and I just lived in films and I just I didn't know that I wanted to be a film actor I just want I just loved movies and um and I wanted something to do with that but there was nothing going on in Saginaw that I could be part of with that and so I didn't really get into it until I was like 19 I I uh, I followed my brother down to college and at Ohio University and and he introduced me he was part of the punk rock music crowd because he was a uh, fine art painter and furniture designer and so he had the whole cool punk rock art music and theater crowd that he hung out with and he goes talk to young jane young uh this beautiful girl named jane young who was in the theater department she's like come see me in a play so i went and i saw her in a play and she was great and it was a shakespeare play and i was like wow you can do that how do you... That's a thing. That's a th- I mean, it's like when you have no concept. Sure. Same thing. And narrative. I don't know, I, You know, when, how did you start? Because when, when, you, when you first get up in front of someone, yeah. didn't you at any point worry that it was vain? Like, this is so vain, thinking that I should get up and I should stand oh, in yeah, front of Yeah, how dare I? You know, I mean, yeah. that's what I thought. For sure, yeah. And I had to see someone else do it. And be good at it to go like, oh, it's kind of more than just all about me. But right. it seemed really vain idea. How did that? How was that for you when you started doing?
0: I that? mean, I, I did a little high school theater, and then uh, you know, I got into like a like video in like the mid nineties a little bit, and then not until I moved to San Diego in two thousand four did I start doing improv. I'm a, like a late bloomer when it comes to uh, a lot of stuff. So I was, but the benefit I think to me is I was like probably like twenty nine or thirty. I knew myself really well then, so I, I feel like I could kind of express myself and kind of roll with the punches, um, without worrying, like, do I look cool? Um, uh, is my ego going to stay intact? So I think, uh, even though I was a kind of a late bloomer, um, I had that, I had kind of had that going for me, I think. Um, but I did have that. I was like, I, I always thought somebody, I was just like when I w- would watch you in, in movies and stuff like that, it would be like, it's for me to watch and it's for you to be in. And that's the divide. And those paths shall not cross, and I wasn't saying it in a way like, in a way like somebody's better than me. I was like, that's just the way it works, you know. Somebody's got to watch, and somebody's got to do, and it was just for me to watch, and then moving in until
1: interestingly enough, you give yourself permission. Exactly. You just feel like it's it's a funny thing to yeah. give yourself permission yeah. to go ahead and do something, and not judge yourself for going ahead and doing yeah. it. It's an interesting turn because I felt like that was a huge turn, yeah, when I suddenly started. Actually walking onto a stage and it's a weird feeling. Someone's like, yeah. "Okay, your turn. Get up and stand in front of people and be interesting with whatever you're going to do." And
0: the people just sit there and take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: it, and it and then the that bizarre feeling of judgment where you're standing there and there's people sitting below you in chairs just looking. And if you stop to really realize how horrifying that is, mm-hmm. then you're done, or you have an idea that you want to go with, and then it's then it's exciting. It's like a rock band. You and know it is I mean? exciting. Yeah. It yeah. is exciting, particularly if you feel like you have a a good idea. It's just nothing, all it is is storytelling anyways, whether it's an improv or you want to have a fun story Mm. and everyone wants to follow that story. And Mm. it's, it's, uh, it's as old as time. All we ever want to do is sit around the fire and hear a good story. Right. And, um,
0: I mean, it's like we're right now, we're doing a podcast and sometimes I wonder like why people, like I listen to podcasts like when I'm commuting or I'm working out or whatever it is, I'm going for a walk and then, you know, but it, so I was like, well, no one's going to want to hear what I have to say, but uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I also,
1: I like the, I was, I, I thought of this because I listened to a couple of your podcasts before we start, and then I listened to a couple other podcasts, and it's maybe because I'm not younger. I'm not old, but I'm not younger. Yeah. I'm not as hip to the podcast scene, although I've been listening to more and more podcasts. Um it's kind of like, I don't know how long podcasts have really been going. It's some years, you know. Yeah. But it's it, the, the thing to me about a podcast is it's like it's novel in a way that refrigerators were in the twenties. Like someone's like, we can keep the food yeah. for days now, and it's like everything's revolutionary because a podcast is like a great conversation format that goes everywhere, and you're not limited to a time frame where you have to get it all in before the sponsor cut. I mean, you yeah. can actually have a conversation. And talk about something that you you care about, and it's less. Got to get this in. Got to got to get it in. Got to get it under the wire. And and you feel like like on a TV interview where somebody's moving along. We got to move this along. You got to you got to plug the thing. You got to say when it is, where it is, and you feel this. And I got to be what, witty? I got to yeah. Pop it in under the wire and everything. And and I mean, it must must be exciting for you this this format.
0: You know, it's it's one thing is interesting in what I've been the criticisms that I've had is sometimes it's too short where i think i'm like oh i'm just i'm taking up too much real estate here with like whatever it is and people are like no it should be if anything a little bit longer because for you know if people have an hour commute i mean i've commuted i mean i'm sure you've driven across town more than once and you're sitting there and and something you know listening to music's great but sometimes i want to get lost in a conversation right. about sometimes about Something about science, or something I didn't know about, or like hearing someone's life story—I don't didn't need to know anything about them previous. And all of a sudden, I'm like really invested in this like human beings' journey for whatever that is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a great. I mean, I got a pretty. I, I've done a couple. I've got a relatively early start um, in it, but it's a pretty pretty new thing. Um, I think you're here at the right time. You know, I think you're uh, right in it. Right now.
1: And how did you come to doing the podcast? Like, how did you realize, like, this is what I'll do while I'm also doing this and I'm doing that?
0: I think years of doing uh, improv comedy and uh, being able to switch gears, uh, not needing to, like, do a ton of, you know, I'm not the best, like, I don't do a ton of research on something or a person because I do another podcast called Ghost Town and it's about haunted, abandoned. Which place. we could do. Because I've had haunted experiences. Well, then,
1: yeah. Several serious ones. Okay, that's... Where I went to college is one of the top 10 haunted places in the United States.
0: Yeah, I'm going to want to know more about that. Like, right now, Friends Without Benefits, just currently, while we're saying this, is number six on uh, the iTunes comedy podcast, and it's number 57 overall all podcasts on iTunes right now, and Ghost Town is number 15 and, like, number 200, so it's... Right now is a great time. It's a, now is a good time for me. But I think um, I like uh, I've I've done things where I've interviewed people and I've done roundtables because uh, I am able to switch gears and I don't need I don't need a ton of preparation or I don't need to be front load things with a lot. So um, it just and I just like to know I find other people more interesting than myself, um, and I, I'd rather hear more from somebody else than I would to talk about myself.
1: But I feel the same way. So we're at an impasse here. (laughs) No, no, it's not an impasse. It's just it's the funny thing because it's more like um, it's fun to talk about interesting things than to talk about ourselves. Yeah. You know, like people we've met that are interesting or places we've been that were interesting.
0: And celebrate other – And just
1: just everything that's interesting in life.
0: Yeah. uh what would you say so would you say uh Ohio was when you first started really like rocking and rolling with uh the acting thing
1: yeah the first the first acting job I had was uh we had to rob a bank for the local bank we all we each got paid sixty dollars the police department wanted like three or four people from the theater department to come after hours to the bank with a you know uh sort of a uh What's the right word I'm looking for? It's like not premeditated, but it's a it's a prepped okay, yeah, bank yeah, robbery. Yeah, the tellers know we're gonna about to come yeah, in. Yeah. Tellers are there. It's after hours. We're going to come in and rob the bank. And they have to do the protocols that they're supposed to be, that they're trained to do. And then we leave. And then the police department comes in and, and, and asks them questions about who did what. And it was really fun, actually, to come. That
0: sounds so. I would do and, that and for free. I mean, I would take the it sixty. Was, bucks. I did it twice. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I would take sixty dollars now for it. Never mind. But I back felt then. I felt uh, like a successful actor
1: because I, you know, I robbed a bank for sixty dollars, and that was my first,
0: yeah, my and first could, paid acting job. Yeah, and and not your last, which is good because then yeah. we have more to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? So from there, like, what was your next move? I, guess? I was just in
1: theater. Yeah. I loved theater. I, yeah. I was a film guy. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, in the Midwest, you you want to go into film somehow. It yeah. didn't. I wasn't around anybody that was in that arena. So
0: your avenue was theater. my avenue was theater because, theater, because
1: yeah. my brother knew the people in this department. Then I met, uh, then I met these great people that were part of this whole another world. And then I, I managed to, on a fluke, get into the theater program without auditioning to get in it was kind of a fluke so what happened was I was in freshman year was just freshman year but sophomore year was in the theater program but I was in the program with a bunch of people that had been together since freshman year and I'm jumping in as a new student sophomore year having never auditioned or done anything so it was very strange to be in theater classes with people that had been doing high school theater and they had the whole year before They'd been in some plays and I'd never done anything. So, so they I were just, like lifers at that point. They were lifers I mean? at that point. Yeah. And I was just sort of jumping in and getting to know them and it was horrifying. Theater people are terrifying. But you know, the the, the super extroverted pick me, I'll jump up, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? and I, I was it was a very horrifying experience, but I survived them.
0: And then what was Chicago? Because you know, Chicago is a you know big theater, like especially improv comedy is, is comedy in Chicago is like huge too, with the you know yeah. second city and Chicago and all that. What what were you doing in Chicago? Like what was I it? just
1: moved to Chicago? Yeah, because
0: um, was close. Well, it or?
1: well, I just I had a I was in a theater company in North Carolina right out of college, and then when I went, I left college to go to that, and then when I was done, I was like, where am I going to live? So I went up to. I went up to New York, and I left my car in Brooklyn, and I flew to L.A., and then I came back to New York, and then I drove to Chicago. I just wanted to see what all three cities were like. Yeah. Then I settled on Chicago first, like a Midwestern boy.
0: Yeah. You know? what was was uh, New York and L.A., like, were they just, they weren't, like, grabbing you at that point?
1: I didn't have a concept of Los Angeles yeah. when I got out here. I, I was like... Do you now? <laughs> uh, <I'm laughs> a little just, bit? <laughs> I'm just beginning. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. it's like, when I remember, all I remembered when I first came out was Walls. Yeah. like big huge walls like oh that's a studio yeah and then, like but there's just giant walls that you can't how are you getting on that one i had no idea it didn't seem like a place to begin yeah for me and then i came back and i was in new york for a couple of days and that just seemed enormous and then i just went to chicago for not long i didn't live in chicago for long um which i really like chicago a lot that's yeah, i've
0: only been there twice but it's a it's great really, city yeah great place and then, so, for, I'm just kind of following your, your path. So then after
1: Chicago, I, I went, uh, I lived in Chicago for a little more than a half a year, and then I went back to the theater company in North Carolina, and then from there I moved to New York. Okay.
0: So I lived in New York for about three years. And, uh, what was, uh, what was, I just want to go back a little bit, like, so when, did your, did your brother stick around with the, doing the oil My stuff?
1: brother, and I, no, yeah, well, he, my brother was, uh, uh, he's two years older than me, and, um we always were kind of inseparable or we'd follow each other around and he actually was going to move to Chicago knowing I lived there. And by the time he got there, I'd already moved away. So then he stayed in Chicago for a very long time. But he stayed in, um, he first went down when I was, eh, that's a a bit of a blur. I think I was out of high school. He was living in Houston, Texas and he was working for Western Geophysical and they wanted to pay for him to go to geology school and do all this stuff. And then he was going to come back and do that and he did a complete, like right turn and went straight into fine art because he was a great painter and and so he just painted and he got into the arts and then he transferred from cleveland state down to ohio and um down to ohio university and then i followed him down so i got into the arts because of my brother he kind of paved that path and um so he's he's kind of responsible for anything
0: in that arena I mean, so I figure being in New York. I mean, and coming from something from like a little of the all you know alternative-ish kind of punk uh, art scene, New York seemed like a pretty good place to be at that for you at that time. I don't know. It seems like it makes sense.
1: Yeah, my brother didn't live in New York yeah. when I went there. He yeah. he moved to Chicago yeah. as I was moving to okay. New York. Yeah. So then he'd visit me in New York. Yeah. But um, probably most of the the fun and interesting aspects of. I don't feel that I'm very interesting now, but I had interesting things happen then, which everyone yeah. does when they're young and, and running around. Yeah. But, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I had a couple of interesting, exciting things. I, I don't even know where, which ones to tell you. I, I,
0: we'll put it up on the paywall, so we'll put it on that, that big you know people can pay the premium to hear your like juicy stories Oh, the paywall yeah right. this like, the paywall right. goes up and if you want to hear like your you know the real the, the real uncensored stuff they can they can get that uh, later okay that's you know what i mean that's listen right. that's business you know what yeah, i mean that's, that's the extra like the, yeah.
1: just to hear more yeah <laughs> put in you know, your little sound of coins and then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden you get like 30 you know. seconds of... we're we're
0: teasing them right now <laughs> yeah. with uh yeah. you know um you know North Carolina theater because nothing's
1: more provocative. Well, we're wetting
0: their whistle, you know what I right? mean? Like, they're, like, ooh. ooh. Like, uh, it's very Tell provocative. Us some of those
1: dangerous Charlotte stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so what was New York? I mean, were, were you... New York uh, was great. I lived yeah. in Spanish Harlem mm-hmm. with my good friend Scott Sowers. And, um, and, uh, and it was, we were the roses of Spanish Harlem. We mm-hmm. lived in, like, the fourth floor. And um, it, was, it was very rough.
0: What was that and... 16th and 16th 3rd. 16th, okay, yeah. 116th and thirty sixteenth and third. Okay, yeah. Hundred
1: and sixteenth and third. That was pretty rough. Yeah. And uh one morning um I woke up and we had one of those railroad apartments, you know? You goes have to walk the walk all the way through. front to the back, yeah. right? Just room doors, room doors. Yeah. From the back of the building to the front of the building. My bedroom was all the way in the back. And um I woke up and and I, I, I basically I, I woke up to to hearing my drawers being opened and closed and I and I, I looked up and there was somebody opening and closing my, my desk drawers and going through some things on the desk and I was looking at him and I just and I thought, Is that the gas man? Because in Michigan, if there was a stranger in your house, he would bang the back door and he'd go, Gas man, and he'd come in and he'd go down and he'd read the meter in the basement. And he just it was kind of a different yeah. setup. Yeah. So I was my first thought was, Is this the gas man? And um, he was wearing a really dingy Plasticky tracksuit, and he was really skinny, and he was going through stuff. And I just was laying in bed looking at him. And then he looks at me, and I go, "I'm just looking at him." And we just kind of look like, and I'm like, suddenly you get this Marlon Perkins in the wild, like the gazelle, and at the at the creek with the alligator. And he uh, he looks at me, and he steps forward, and he goes, I'm "Gonna kill you," and I go, hmm, "He's gonna kill me, and I'm, I can't catch up. The brain isn't really catching yeah. up." And he steps forward again and he goes, gonna kill you. And I go, gonna kill me. And he reaches behind his back and, and I go, hmm, I just, I... he goes, give me everything. And I go, gonna kill you, give me everything. And like, that's the pause of the brain yeah. going yeah. like, trying to figure it out. And he goes, oh, 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 he, he's robbing me, it's oh. money.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And, and I was like, oh. And I reached down and my pants were by the side of the bed and I reached down and I grabbed my wallet out of my pants and I had just kind of moved to new york and i had just gone downtown and got a new york driver's license and i went through that whole awful dmv thing and i thought if i give him my wallet i'll lose my license and i'm not going to give him my wallet i i and all this is going through the brain and i opened up my wallet and i had three 20s in it and uh and i thought i have no money and he can't have the whole wallet so i took two 20s out like I'll just you hold. You negotiated. With him. I negotiated with myself. He yeah. didn't even see. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at it, and I reached in and I pulled two twenties out, and then I handed them to him. And he reached forward and he grabs my hand. Oh, he had reached behind himself yeah. to to pull something. But in my brain, I'm thinking, if he had a weapon, he would produce it because yeah. it would make this all go very quicker, quick. You know, and but I mean, it's funny what the brain is is bouncing sure. so yeah. many things when you're not. You're behind. You're just behind the eight ball. And so he grabs my my wrist, and his weak his grip is so very weak. It's just like, it's like a child grabbed me. And yeah. I'm thinking, and he was so skinny, and yeah. I was thinking I could just, I feel like I could pick him up and then and break him in two pieces. Yeah. But I'm lying in bed in my underwear, you know, in a funny position, and it's all so behind. Sure. Yeah. And then he grabs the money and he runs out of the room. And what he'd done was he'd come in through the bathroom window. And he went out and he had unlocked all the locks on the front door. So it was an interest he had, he'd set up his escape before coming in. Yeah. But the, the, the startling thing was that he, he, the bathroom we had was it was a 24 inch window, so it was two 12-inch squares, right? And if you open it, you've now got a 12-inch square bottom that's open. It was about 25 feet to the bottom roof of the building to get to our, yeah. our thing. He'd stacked tar cans into a staircase. He earned that money. And I crawled all the way out of <laughs> up. But even more, he got through a 12 inch by 12 inch square. He got his head uh, and his I hips think... through a square like this. And you're right. You're right. That's a lot of work and it does deserve 40 bucks. <laughs> there was this huge muddy footprint on yeah. the sink. And yeah. I remember thinking, like, it was, it was so funny. It was... Uh, it's a weird thing when you're victimized, and yeah. you feel violated you're running around trying to get it back, trying to get it back so and he just took my money and he didn't take anything else um but the poli- I called the police, and the police came and and they're walking around, and I had this I had this dagger on my desk because I was doing uh, fight direction, and I staged fights in theater, and I've been doing that I love doing that and there's this theatrical Shakespeare dagger okay. sitting on the desk, and the cop goes. What is this?" And I go, "Oh, that's just a that's just a Shakespeare dagger for, for theater." And he goes, he goes, "Next time stick it through his fucking heart. Save us a trip." <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And I was yeah. like, "Well, that's some good advice, officer." Yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah, for telling time. me to telling me to kill him. Yeah. Next time and save you the paperwork.
0: Um, And New York City was, I mean, I I remember New York City going there as a kid. I remember New York City maybe as early as like the late, late 70s up until, um, you know, the early two thousands ish. Eventually, I moved. Yeah, that's around when I moved to California. But I remember being on the subway. You know, the guardian Guardian Angels were yep, there. Or, yep, they were yeah, there. Yeah, Guardian Angels. I mean, yep. I was. You know, I was. I was young, but I remember like the graffiti and the and the in the peep houses and uh, you know how Times Square was and stuff like that. So that's where I remember that. Times Square
1: you're... is just it's it's so it's hard to believe Times Square was Times Square. You have yeah. to go watch. Yeah, like. um Taxi driver. Right. With yeah, Robert De Niro gritty, to see old Times Square.
0: Yeah, yeah. Scorsese movies or something like that yeah. to kind of catch up on that. Uh, did that sour you on New York or? We no, were...
1: it, was, uh, it was within my first couple of months of living yeah. there. So I kinda, it was like I pre disastered it. I got it out of the way. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, well, we got that out of the way. Now, you know.
0: And you're like, eventually I'll mention this on but a I did podcast. Make, it, <laughs> did,
1: it did make me a little loopy. Yeah. I, I, um, I had a little boombox and I had some personal items I thought if we're broken into again you know i'm going to in my logic i thought if i spray paint everything a little bit of a color then i'll see it on the street and i'll be able to go get it back yeah and so i spray painted everything like a low jack, i spray painted jack. my i spray painted my personal items on the back and on the top green and so i still have a boombox in my garage that has faded green spray paint on yeah. it's like a dual cassette yeah boombox you know but for
0: all your bootlegging
1: well it's just don't... a funny thing cuz you're you're you know i knew when i moved there, and I met all these New Yorkers, I understood this sort of uh, great survival thing of New Yorkers, where they have a they have a personal space, automatic defense mechanism. Like, you don't really get handsy with a New Yorker. You know what I mean? You don't kind of grab their arms. They're like, they don't, yeah, don't touch. Yeah, yeah. Don't touch. It's an instinctual, automatic, this is yeah, my space. We're yeah. all trying to get by. You don't touch me, we're okay. And I, I totally respect it. I was from the Midwest, though. It wasn't... I was completely taken by the overt nature of the...
0: And there's so many people moving in so many different directions, so close, but they manage to keep this kind of like dis- like unspoken distance between each other in a way when you're like walking around or...
1: Yeah, and, and there's this... Because um, I want to say something that I think is smart, but it's not important to make it my idea. There's a guy named um, Jordan Peterson who's this clinical uh, psychologist, and he was talking about the miracle of New York and how... It's a miracle that people aren't killing each other everywhere in New York. Like, that's the miracle yeah. isn't, you know, it's not strange that some that violence erupts. It's a miracle that it doesn't all the time. Yeah. People have all made a a, a pact to be civilized yeah. and get through all this madness of on and off of trains and
0: all the, it's just amazing. It's just a lot um, of people in a small, you yeah. know, occupying a small amount of real estate essentially. Yeah. And then, so from at what point it, in New York, so we you were doing a lot. Of, it was a lot of theater. Yeah, I was really just getting started with yeah. that, trying
1: to figure it out. I had, uh, I had, um, I had a roommate, James Victor Mack. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I didn't have an agent, and my two roommates were like guys who graduated their college with agents, and I didn't know anything about that world. And I remember uh, James had an audition for for Hamlet. But it wasn't for the role of Hamlet. It was for Rosencrantz of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And he's like, I don't want to go to this audition. I really don't want to go to it. And I said, how about I go for you? I'll just go for you. And he goes, yeah, you can go if you want. Now, it was a black production of Hamlet, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern were both black, and my roommate James was black. So I was like, I'm just going to go as you. So I went to the audition, and they were like, okay, James, and they called, and I go, here, and she was looking at this headshot. And I said, James can't be here. I'm auditioning for him. And, um, and that was like I think my first audition in New York was for someone else that had an agent. Yeah. And his agent called him back, and she was livid. Um, she was like, you send somebody else for your audition? And he goes, "I I couldn't go. I was sick, and he made this thing up. And she goes, and she was really mad at him. For sending somebody else, and she was even madder because she had to tell me I had a callback, which I thought was really funny. I didn't get it, but I thought that that was, that was humorous. Yeah, uh, it's my like a first very first audition was for someone else. I was like, I'll just stunt do it for you, and if you get a callback, you can go. But he didn't want to go. You're like a he didn't proxy, do it. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, New York, New York is a great place to be young, yeah. I think. Yeah, you know, we I think. I had a lot more time being young in New York than I did being young in Los Angeles when I first moved here. Um, It just felt like you could stand on somebody's rooftop until dawn in New York and talk and feel like it was far more exciting in those Mm. beginning times. I don't know how it was for you.
0: Uh, I guess you even need friends, right? Is that... Do you need friends? Do you need friends for that? Because that's well, no. Because
1: I'm I'm imagining you standing on a rooftop in New York alone, talking to yourself oh, until yeah. dawn. You're like, this is the nicest conversation this is I've had. So you good. are such a good listener. Yeah, I got right? so much out of you're, this. You're, <laughs> we should do this again. Yeah, like, we can because we live here. Yeah, we're. We'll it's both... always a yes. Yes, always a yes.
0: And was from New York? Was it like okay? LA's next on my. my... I, I
1: I landed this good agent.
0: Um, Susan, Based on what, though, like what makes you? I'm just, you know, what makes you land a good agent? At I, I um, how did that work? I, I, I
1: met, I had a friend. It's, it was literally just because through connections of being out and talking and meeting and being available and meeting somebody, somebody needed. Uh, I was friends with somebody that had a manager, and the manager needed a new person to answer phones, and I was like, I'll see what that's like. I did it for two days, and she said, You're terrible at answering phones for a manager and then but then she represented me for a short while and introduced me to a couple of agents and that's how I met uh, my first agent uh, there and then but the agency was by bi- coastal and then the head of the agency came to New York and said come to Los Angeles and there's more there's more going on here
0: and where did you I just said it you know for for kind of geography where did you first uh, shack up in Los Angeles what part of LA
1: right in Hollywood um uh, uh, Right in the heart of Hollywood, like yeah. east of Highland, uh, just before Western. Okay. I, was, I slept on somebody's couch until his landlady had another opening in another apartment, and then I got that um, behind the Shakey's Pizza off Sunset.
0: Okay. That's what I remember. Yeah. Yes. That classic. you like one day, you know, if it all falls through, I got yeah. Shakey's Pizza to work I at. I got the
1: Shakey's Pizza right on the corner, and um, I came here in 91.
0: And uh, what was well, like? What was the the landscape of like tr- hustling and getting work back then? Like, was it... it's really
1: interesting how it's how drastically everything is has changed. Like, I think in the early '90s was just in terms of communication, right? In the early '90s, like answering services. It, well, and yeah, stuff. well, in New York, I remember had an answering service yeah. that was just people. You would call and say, uh, "Any messages for Box Three Hundred Nine or something," and they would be service. And you'll say, box. And I go, and I would, in New York, I'd go, hi, uh, this is Matt Glave. Like, do you have any messages for 309? And then they would give me my messages, and I'd call in and go, hi, this is Matt. And he goes, you don't have to say your name, just say the number. I was like, oh, all right, all right, man. And I'd, so I'd, I'd call in after that and I'd be like, 309? And he was like, okay. And I was like, hurry up, get on with it. But it was weird. It was yeah. human answering service, if you remember that. They
0: knew how to answer phones, though, I guess. Right? And, um,
1: and so, uh, but then by ninety one, ninety two, we got the pager thing. So now everyone's just got a pager on their hip, and everyone's wandering around having their hips buzz. Then they got to run to a payphone to say, Well, who's calling? And then you're like, Oh, I got an appointment. And then you got to figure out how to get your sides. And back in the day, some people at hoity toity places had them delivered to them, and other places you had to go get them. We had a box at our agency, and you'd drive to the box, you'd open it up, you'd go through the envelopes, find yours, and, and get your information. And then there's something it, exciting about it. It was like a messenger that. service yeah, about something it. something very exciting Your life about Life was a that. messenger service yeah. and you were doing it on the fly cuz sometimes it was same day. So you run out, grab the box, open it up, you know what it is and you're driving to it, learning it and and uh, and but it's just it's changed so much because you know, I didn't have a pager, but I would know that I had to find a phone booth to call and say I was going to be late for an appointment or something. And now there are no phones like it's it slowly we've lost phones yeah. on the landscape yeah it was so funny that they used to be everywhere and now no phones yeah kids are grown like my, my kids i don't think they know about phone booths except from old movies like you wouldn't see a phone on the street there are yeah. no phones
0: and if you see one now usually are the phone is for some reason cut or something yeah. like graffitied or something like that what would, would you say is your first like big break um Bes- beside beside uh the thinning Oh, well, beside the, the that thinning
1: really pushed it over the edge. Yeah, edge, yeah, that was that's next um, level. That really was the it's next the big level thing. big thing. Yeah. Um, I still have people saying, "Aren't you aren't you the governor yeah. in the thinning?" <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. I've had politicians call me and ask about governance. Yeah, like, like how you were so the governor. In the I don't thing. even know how you did that. Yeah, it was so governy, like yeah, it was so apocalyptic and dystopian was, of was, you. But but like the leadership of your governorhood. Yeah, uh, the people just can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the wedding singer was huge, but uh, yeah, before I, that, I would I'd say d- so. <laughs> I'd done. I've had done a couple of things. Um, I had to go on tape for. For a, a movie that Dennis Hopper directed, and I knew when I went out into the casting director that like he was going to see it, and that was so exciting to know that I'm going to do this thing, and then he's going to watch that. And um, and I got that job, and then I met. And, I, and honestly, my first real part in a movie was his movie that he directed. It's called Chasers, and it wasn't the greatest movie. And he actually would show that film when people did honorarium. They he they did like a a thing for him, and they're like there's going to be a, one of Dennis Hopper's films screened, and then there's going to be a talk back with him afterwards. And everyone's thinking they're going to show Easy Rider yeah. or something like that. Or, and, and he shows this movie um, called Chasers, and he says, I wanted you just to see this movie because I wanted to see how a movie doesn't work when you have an argument with the studio. And it was about showing them what he wanted to do and what actually was done. And I thought it was kind of brilliant because he chose something that by his account was a failure but he wanted to talk about filmmaking, so that was why and I just guy was brilliant. So it was very exciting. I, I honestly my first time actually working, working was yeah. with him as
0: a director. And That's and, not a bad that's not a bad pedigree. <laughs> you no, know? no,
1: and his directing style was 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 like infection. He infected you with how to do something, whereas other people are trying to like tell you what they want or something. He he would just come up and he'd be like he would just kinda of get really close yeah. and he'd be like, Listen, man, in this scene you're looking mm-hmm. at her and you're mm-hmm. like I mean come on man. Yeah. I mean look at her, right? I mean you're like you're like and he's like leaning forward and I go I got it. I yeah. I told he was a, yeah. it was he give you a feeling rather than a,
0: it was just, inside you rather than Yeah, he was just surface, really super visceral yeah.
1: communication and it just felt it was really exciting. That was that was to me that was the hugest is hugest to write. It's the, <laughs> the hugest. The hugest, yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: that I could think of for me. Uh but you, you mentioned the, the wedding singer as being – was that like your first kind of big exposure type? Um, yeah, thing? yeah. Like, I don't know if the hugest is. Like it's we're not talking, the hugest I is, mean,
1: obviously thinning, hugest is. So, oh, I
0: mean, you know what I mean? That's but thinning's that's, it. But yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, that was that was really great. That was really great. And, yeah, and I it mean, was an awesome experience. I mean, as you can see, the movie is fun – it's fun to watch. It was fun to do. It just looks like fun. It looks like everybody's, because Adam has a, a massive, uh, yeah. his best friends are around him at all times. Yeah. And so imagine you always have your own best, closest, reliable people, creatively, yeah. supportively, without getting too comfortable. With, but I mean, no, they're totally comfortable because yeah. they're like yeah. brothers. Yeah, he's 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 just it's family with him, and. That's what he carries with him as he moves through, always is this good, solid family. And it has that feeling when you're doing stuff with him. Always creative. Um, You know, it's weird because it's like a quick memory from a long time ago, you know, doing that. And yet I remember it clearly as fun and not nervous or nothing. We were just like, every day was. Let's. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna and do? And I love he hearing creative. that. I mean, because it's it's. No, he's, you know, he's, he was the best, and and anyone that I'm sure anyone that's talked about him has always said that because. Yeah.
0: You know, I think that's his uh, one of my favorite movies with him, probably because I think it uh, the fact that it's so funny and it's so, it looks good and crisp. It's like a crisp, good looking movie um, that has a lot of elements that uh, I don't. know. It has all the things I like, and I, I don't know. There was just like I really. I mean. Uh, I'm not like the biggest Adam Sandler friend. I like him. But I think he's like a really good. He's got really. He, I think he's a good dramatic actor. And I, 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 things that I've seen him in, like you know, funny people, and even him in that, I thought was like a pretty like. He's a. Little, it's like a little little tiny bit of darkness in this bright neon movie to me. I guess. Yeah, I, I
1: like I like him so much in that movie because he is our romantic hero, and he yeah. doesn't necessarily. He's funny. But he doesn't take the majority of the funny. He gives it to people like Steve Buscemi. And yeah. I mean he, he gives outrageousness yeah. to other people. And he's funny in it, but he's our romantic hero and that's overrides. And so the thing I liked the most about the movie, about what they did, was she chooses him over me not because I'm a douchebag. She knows nothing of it. You're right. He only he knows that this guy is going to see other women and do all this stuff. She just makes the decision on her own. It's obvious I'm the wrong guy, but it's 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 a great it's it's really a good romantic comedy yeah. and he's our he's our leading man, romantic guy. Yeah. And he does it really well, so.
0: But I mean, you know, I think you can make an argument that, you know what I mean, maybe she made the wrong choice that you Oh, I right think choice. she did. It's obvious. She, she made, made the, the wrong choice, choice and I think it would have maybe gone a different you know, different direction and it would have been really co- Listen, you had the money. You had the car. You had the clothes. And what have, I, what have I learned? That's the most important thing. It's
1: it, if <laughs> that is anything the most important thing. It's that's the most right.
0: important thing. Like love? What is that? It's, right? It, it's intangible. There's no dollar Besides, sign. It's just going to wear off. Oh my god! Right? It always does. You know, it's like the Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Like don't,
1: you don't really believe that. Like in about like six months, he's going to come across Florence and he's going to yeah. be like, "Oh, Juliet, who? Yeah." He just kicks this other girl to the curb at the beginning of the play. Like, you think he's going to hang with yeah. Juliet if they don't die? No.
0: Uh, one of my, my, when I talked to, I was telling my brother, uh, I was mentioning my brother, I was going to uh, have you on the podcast. He's like, make sure to talk about Rockstar. Like, that's his, like, you and Rockstar. That's is a like, it's a fun movie. It's a fun, and you, like the character you play, again, it's like these are the, I like that kind of like alpha square. I mean, is that, would that be fair to say you're like kind of an alpha, like a, uh, you, you know you played a, a cop, oh, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. but yeah. you're a square because yeah. there's all these rockers but then yeah. you also are supportive too so you're not like a bad guy but you know what I mean like you're a you're a, a company I man
1: s- yeah yeah um, that was fun that was a funny yeah. movie that had some fun that's the
0: thing like I don't Mark Wahlberg is not like I don't there's some things he's in that I really like and there's some things in that I don't like I guess but that was one thing that I thought was like really well done oh he did and a
1: great I, job yeah I, I mean like, it's you know and then the shooting the concert scenes are like yeah. that was a huge I think we did that at the forum I might be yeah. wrong but like the big concerts that he did yeah. those were those were awesome and they were shot and the people that were in the band were like Zach Wild yeah. and um, Jason Bonham yeah and good. I mean he had like these solid rockers Bringing, bringing up the whole flanks of it all. It yeah. Was, it was great. Authentic. There's like an authenticness yeah. to it. Uh, yeah. That was really fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things where, like, and then I'll, like you're in, like, I, you know, I saw you in Narcos and I've just seen you in, like, so many different uh, things. Um, but none of them are the thinning, though.
1: Almost. N- I think, no. honestly, aside from The Wedding Singer, and I don't really know that The Wedding Singer is up there. No. But thinning, then. It's just a funny thing. It's that
0: YouTube like or red original thing that really kind of like changes the like game. like a rocket. It's like next um, next level. Is la- Michael well, gonna think that we're being I do this all the focus. time. Listen oh, er, I'm uh, uh, I, I, doing
1: this because he cut you out of a movie.
0: Well, you know what? It's a coincidence. How about we just say it's <laughs> Listen, I got a platform. He's got listen, a platform. your stuff
1: was good in the last movie. And mm-hmm. it was inter- the, one of the things that I'm not going to go off on a long tangent on the funny mm-hmm. story scene. Yeah. But what was amazing about that movie to me was what an amazing job they did because they trimmed away so much good stuff. Yeah. They did. They trimmed away all the good stuff, of which yours was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved the stuff you did in the beginning Uh, which we're going to talk about something that no one knows. But what you did in the beginning where you're introducing people and doing talking to people, all great. Yeah, that was fun. It was really great, but it's funny because in the context of that story, he had the wherewithal to trim and keep Mm -hmm. something to the point of whatever that point was. Not essential to the plot. And it's hard because (laughs) I had stuff cut as well, but but I understand that there's so many things involved. Yeah, It's such a big, massive ball of... To, to make a film, to cut a film, to know what to keep, what to lose, maybe take this and put it over there. What he did with that movie, he did such a great job, and they, they trimmed it down. It doesn't have a long running time, but it's because it was like, we get it, that tells the story there, keep moving.
0: When I, I was, saw the first, uh, I saw like a rough cut, and it did. You know, we did like a note session on it, and then when I saw the one at the uh, the screening at the Arclight, I was like, this is so much funnier the second time, or you know, whatever I saw, like the 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 humor was so good and so subtle, even though it's not like, you know, like a... It's a dark... Whatever you want to call it. Dramatic, dark comedy or, you know. Um, and I thought everyone was so good in it and it made me... Because, I you know, I've, I've been working with a lot of the people in the movie for a long time and the YouTube world and various other stuff. And, you know, it's, sometimes I have only I only see them as them doing their thing. When I watched this, I was like, I'm seeing a bunch of really good actors working together. And I told Michael this, so... I let my walls down. You know, I know what I mean? Those, those women are... <laughs> You know, they they were, everyone was so kick-ass. Yeah, Those women
1: were, were kick-ass in it. They were all exactly who they were. Very natural, right? Yeah. It didn't, nothing, nothing felt like here's where something's funny. Yeah. Something just happened to be funny. I can, you called it what, a, a dark, dark comedy. comedy? I called it a sad movie that's funny. Yeah, okay. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's really, to me, it's just a sad movie. It is, yeah. It's a very, even throughout the movie, it's just when you really think of it, from a perspective of family and relationships, yeah. it's just a sad movie. Yeah. But it's a funny, sad movie. that Because of the way that it's written and put together, it is immediately sad, followed by really big funny, followed by really sad. Yeah. Like, within
0: 12 seconds, and a nice, turn is very yeah.
1: huge, and then back to sad again.
0: Some nice awkwardness, which I can always... Always appreciate. I can it. always appreciate. But everyone everyone was so good, and, like, Jana was so great, I mean she was so great, and, like, Nikki, and... Steve, everyone was just so good uh, making that movie. And, as and Michael. Of, Michael. Michael was in it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I he mean, was, I could have he, done that he part. He actually was the standout. Yeah, I probably could. I mean, it's really the story about a guy who introduces karaoke. It really is.
1: It's That's, that's the, the story. plot. That's, well, it's a funny story. But, but yeah. That's, that's what it's really about. That's
0: what it's really about. So hopefully it'll, it'll spin off. Um, he think, I mean, it's a, it's a Hitchcockian thing he did. He has been
1: changing the, like every time there's a festival, yeah. there's a different sort of clip yeah. that he just uses a still and sometimes it's me holding a suitcase and sometimes it's it's Emily, you know, pondering something, you know. I think what ultimately when it's distributed it's uh-huh. going to be him holding the microphone into doing the karaoke, so funny story, story that will probably be, be the, the final w- poster.
0: We'll all remember, yeah. yeah. Um, but we, you know, I think uh, this will, I'm purposely timing this one to be uh, right after the thinning New World Order comes out. Oh. So, you know, as I'm talking about this, it's, it's not out yet, but it, it'll be out so so quickly. I won't say when, um, but what when you hear this, <laughs> the thinning New World Order will be out, right? Is that the word or? Uh, I don't
1: know. Oh, you don't know? I don't know. I mean, I know that there's, in fact, I think there was like a, a premiere thing that yeah. I don't know the exact date. But so you this want is, me to look at this Hollywood guy. Know? This guy's
0: Hollywooding me.
1: What do you this mean? Guy,
0: this guy's giving me the Hollywood. He's like, oh, I got another, I got to be in Encino, I, really, I got I this. Look, yeah, I got a thing with my daughter. Yeah, oh, three. family. Um, oh, okay, well, we got
1: to. No, you know, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> um, family comes eighth. He, like did, you know. he did send me something, but I mean, oh, it's probably the, oh, I can't say any hard dates, right?
0: Because, no, we can This will be after that hard date. That's why I'm purposefully talking about it. Oh, oh.
1: I'm well, releasing this he, after the hard date. In my brain, I have the 17th of October. Yes. So 17th of October. The 17th of October. Because I invited
0: my daughters to go with me. The Thinning New World Order will be out. When you're listening to this, it's out now on YouTube Premium or wherever else it's it's out. I'm in it. I heard I'm in the trailer. And I heard, that's it. I heard I'm in the – yeah, I'm in the trailer. <laughs> um, I heard I'm in the cutting room floor of the trailer, and I'm emptying the garbages in the actual trailers to clean up after you guys as a job. That's what I heard that I'm doing. But – uh, I'm in the, I heard him in the trailer. I'm actually going to see Michael on Tuesday, uh, and I was like, I want to see this trailer. He won't send it to you, because I think he's afraid I'm going to, like, post it somewhere. Um, uh, well, a, yeah, know. yeah, no, he's being, it's sensible. He's a sensible guy, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. You know, I'm in a, I made the cut of the thing. I'm actually in this one. So. I haven't seen, I saw the roughest first rough. rough I saw, I saw a very rough. Cut. No, uh, you know, there's no graphics or whatever, um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to be uh, – I'm excited to see it. But it's out. Check it out. Breakout role for the governor. Breakout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the governor is back. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is it. I mean, part three is going to be <laughs> – Oh, it's going to be just off the hook. I, I mean, I, you know what I mean? It's going to be more dystopian than ever.
1: Yeah. It, the, the thinning three is probably just going to be called Governor Redding. I, oh. I'm not. I might be giving something away, but it may just be called reading.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember. I actually, you know, I actually auditioned for it. Even though I knew him, I had to actually put myself on tape because YouTube had to approve or whatever. And I actually read the script. And uh, the you actually was, read the script. I actually read the script like a real actor. That I don't consider myself one. I just consider. Why myself, don't you consider yourself? An I actor? don't know. I have this thing when where in the hell. I just. I don't, and I audition for things, and you know, occasionally I, I book things. I don't know. I, I still kind of, I'm just very middle class about everything. Like, like this Fiji bottled water. Right. Like I feel like you deserve that
1: Fiji bottled water more than you. Yes. So you have to put yours in your own canister.
0: No, this is this is a uh, five month old or six month old Brita filter water from my house. I don't even deserve new Brita filter, is what I'm saying.
1: So it's up to you, though, is what it's you're really, saying. Yeah, it's really it's up, up to me. up to you to give yourself zero permission Should, to do anything.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm learning right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you survived. I mean, you had a, you know, you had a, a Shakespearean dagger um, story and survived it, so maybe I'm learning a little something from that.
1: Well, no, it's such a funny thing because it's like, um, I think it's kind of madness to go and go into a room full of strangers and pretend to be someone else in fact I got this great friend of mine who keeps me he he doesn't give me any breaks like somebody could say like oh that was really good and people could say like oh we're so happy that you did and people can fill you and put you know fill you up and give you accolades and things like this and then he'll call me and and call me a loser and tell Mm -hmm. me all these things and he left me a message this morning telling me um he goes. What are you? Are you probably busy? Are you busy like memorizing your role? So you are going to go. <laughs> I like, go, and I like he this goes, guy. <laughs> are you are you busy getting ready to go act like someone else in front of strangers? And it sounds so stupid the way he says it. Like you are going to go into though. a room and you are going to act like you are somebody else in front of people you don't know, and it is pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, if hey, you hey. stop and do that, it's going to be the worst thing ever because suddenly you are like, I am not a baker from New York. Yeah. Doing this scene, you know, and then you suddenly have to. You get, like, self-conscious that you're an idiot standing in front of strangers, pretending that you're sad because your daughter's ill.
0: It's it doesn't, ex- it's, I have an existential crisis about the whole thing. Like, what does it all matter? In it the, doesn't matter at all, Yeah.
1: which is why it's fun to do that yeah, because, quite frankly, funny. a little kid, you just say, okay, you're you're this. And the kid just does it. They, there's no there's no uh, stakes. No judgment. There's, they don't care. Yeah. And then, and then when they're done, they leave, and then all they want is ice cream. They don't even care about what you thought. Yeah. What a great setup. Yeah. It's the whole neurosis thing that like you would you consider yourself neurosis neurotic? I, I absolutely would, yeah, and what what do you think about that? Do we have time? can I ask uh, you yeah, you no, th- no, because I'm curious about it as well
0: here's the thing it's it's um a thing where I'm kind of uh accepting it where I'm like. I do have neurosis and I'm like kind of living it's not a thing where I'm trying like let me pretend I'm not that like let me pretend that I don't have this and I kind of embrace it and you know and, and I've been doing a lot of stand up comedy lately it's going real. I'm performing in, well, but it'll be I'll be back from Berlin but I'm performing in Berlin uh, Excellent. and doing some stand up out there and a lot but, of
1: famous German stand
0: up oh yeah you know what I mean I'm gonna be huge <laughs> have out you there.
1: seen any self-effacing Germans in your life much
0: less like, German stand ups Yeah, no not a lot no, no so I'm hoping no. it goes well, it will go well. It because will go no well. They'll laugh at you. Yeah, and not with not me, themselves. Me. No, not yeah, themselves. Yeah, right. Very uh, so serious I, Germans. I I kind of just really uh, I embrace it and I kind of accept it and I just work with it instead of like trying to like push it back. You know. Um, yeah, it's just, interesting. Uh, yeah. It's interesting
1: because to me neurosis is, and I don't mean this negatively to you because I, I think it pertains to myself as well. I find that neurosis is a rather narcissistic thing and it's very self-absorbed because i feel the same thing but because what happens is the voices if you have the voices they're like who do you think you are you think you can do this you think you're better than so and so do you think that you have any right and you're sitting here you're but you're only it's all self it's self-inflicted so these little arrows are shooting at you and it's all self-inflicted while you're making your way to the stage you're going mm, mm, and you're all self self yeah. self instead of not who gives a shit about me. Here's this idea. It has nothing to do with me. Just want to get this idea out. And then you start talking. And the next thing you know, you're interested in subject matter that isn't your neurosis. Yeah. And I've, because it's, it's immobilizing. I've been immobilized by it. So, I, you know, to the point where, you, you know, you're, you're terrified. And, but what is it other than being preoccupied with yourself? Because you're preoccupied with your own failure or success, judgment of others, judgment of yourself. And then you're stuck with you at the end of the night. So it's all about you being stuck with you, or they're stuck with you. And it's an interest. To me, it's interesting because, after a while, you're like, I gotta find the other way that isn't about me. Because who gives a shit about me? Yeah, it's about a good idea. If we're talking about, if we start talking about a movie we both like, we can go for another hour and a half. Talking about something we're excited by, and they'd be interested that we're excited because we're interested. We're sharing. It has nothing to yeah. do yeah. with whether you're good enough or or funny enough or, or anything. And it's it's really an interesting thing. It, and so many performers are immobilized by that, yeah. or, or or you you walk off afterwards, and you you get in your car and you start going like oh, I did this. I and I said that, and that was the timing was a little slow, yeah, and you start going the other
0: people in the room at the audition I was yeah. like, oh, that guy was hotter yeah, That guy like, was more nerdy looking why did to he me. Why,
1: and why did that and, and then you're thinking about like, oh, okay, I was in the room, and this one guy was like looking at his phone, he wasn 't even listening while I was talking, and you start you start micro analyzing all the behaviors of other people, and the next thing you know you're you're carrying like this globe of crap back to the car, and it's fascinating because it 's all bullshit
0: back to my jaguar that's what, what i'm mean? saying but i mean my, it's yeah. yeah
1: but it's so funny that it's also completely unimportant yeah. you know as opposed to those times that you felt you had a good idea and you put a good idea out there and you discussed it and then you were like nah it was pretty good yeah. it was pretty good yeah. and that's good enough for me yeah let, let's, let's call it a day, day and go on. do something else yeah. um do you feel bad Have you because i'm sure you've had those boosts where all of a sudden oh, you feel yeah. like you're on fire and you're like if i could feel like this all the time what was the what was that Thing that made that happen. So, I, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I've I'm had it, this. and
0: I've been in it, and it's felt good. And then I also feel like, um, uh, oh, like I, I can't, sometimes I can't even enjoy the the ups because I know it can't stay up, um, and I'm already thinking about the down before right, I hit the right, down. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so there's like what you get then is this extremely short time period where you feel good. Before something else comes in and goes like, okay, well, don't, don't expect that to last. Don't, don't think that one's gonna, you know, yeah. which is really kind of, um, it's, a, it's, it's just a funny thing that it's yeah. so self-defeating. Like what, 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 who told you that you didn't deserve to be doing? Nobody. That? Like who, who's the, who's
0: y- the one? Me, me. I mean, I told, I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I mean, and
1: I'm fascinated
0: because you're like, there's gotta be times when you're like, fuck it. I don't care. Even when I don't do well, you know they always at the audition, they're always like great. You know, they nobody ever says, "Listen, this is not for you. Please leave." It's always like right. great. You know, I'm not, you know, it's like it can't be right for everything or I yeah. wouldn't be here right. now. I'd be working constantly or be famous constantly or whatever the case may be. And that's and
1: that's the thing. Being famous is nothing to pursue. Yeah. Being skilled yeah. at anything is something to pursue. Sure. That's exciting. And it's exciting when you go out and you you go out. I've only done stand up once, but and I I understand the I respect it so highly because I consider it the most vulnerable thing. Whereas some stand-ups feel like they're more in control being able to do stand-up than they are being able to do the scripted word because they feel self-conscious about somebody else's words. But um, I, I give what I give a massive amount of um, self-credit and credit to others is that we're doing this, that you would get up and put yourself through that because you think you have something to say, but you're not alone. If you go look over there, there's a whole bunch of guys and ladies that do it. They do the same thing and they're the ones that get out on the front line. they think they have an idea they want to get up and express it, and so you're comforted in the in that that other body of people that that want to get up and try because basically what happens is a lot of people come up to you in life that see a movie or, or or saw you do stand-up I'm sure and they're they're enamored that you're doing it. you know what I mean they're just because they are vicariously saying, God, I wish I I wish I wish could do that. You know, I had a 15-year-old kid. I did a play years ago, and a kid waited in the back of the theater for me, and his aunt took him to the play, and she brought him twice because he wanted to be a comedian, and it was a comic play. And I just remembered that was, like, the most exciting thing because some kid was excited because he would like to know how to get up and be in front of other people and be funny. And it was, like... It wasn't me that he loved. It was the excitement that I'm doing it, and it felt. And I invited him for another performance to sit backstage and watch the play from, from the wings, which was really exciting for him. You know.
0: And he went on to be Barack Obama.
1: It was. It was Barack, Barack Obama, Obama. Um, which was weird that he was so much younger than me, but now we're the same age. It's, it's weird. It's, it's like this Hollywood is how that
0: happens. government kind it's of. It's really funny.
1: Yeah. But I just think it's exciting because it's like yeah. that's what's amazing is. Uh, that you actually do it. And you you do it again. You get up and you go do it again. And and a lot of people don't and can't. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to drink this Fiji because I got better water than you. (laughs) Um.
0: Awesome. That's great. That's good. I'll do a hard stop here. Um. (laughs) That's it. That's it? That's it. Oh, that was horrible.